Today's sermon is entitled, The Sabbath, Refreshing My Body, Blessing My Soul. The Sabbath, Refreshing My Body, Blessing My Soul. This sermon is dedicated to the late Teddy Bird because I was honored to preach his homegoing service and the message was entitled Celebrate the Rest so you can celebrate the rest. And so the Sabbath is all about resting. And I don't think I've preached about the Sabbath since that day, years ago. And so this is refreshing. This is a moment of recalling the importance of the Sabbath. And so in honor of Teddy Bird and on the heels of his homegoing sermon, I honor him today. And so Lord, if you just elbow him uh, in heaven and let him know we talking about him down here. There is an action, as this is a year of action. There is an action that God wants us to take that many don't take seriously enough. And that is, God has commanded us, listen, to take one day out of seven to rest and worship and connect and commune with God. So to rest, he gave us a commandment to do something. So resting is an action. The one day of rest is to prepare you for the six days of work ahead. Ideally, you know, you would do five days of work. In our Western culture, we do five days of work. And the breakdown should be five days of work, one day for you, and one day for God. Five days of work, one day for personal chores, which may include work, things that you need to do for you. One day for God. It's sort of like the financial breakdown. 80% of your money goes towards others and things. 10% goes to savings or to some fund for you. You pay yourself. And 10% goes to God. So it's the 115 or the 101080. Okay? Tracking? Today we're going to learn that something miraculous, listen, something miraculous happens in the Sabbath day. But because we're disobedient and we don't take the action of resting, we miss the miracle. So notice, we are to take an entire day to rest. I'm going to let that sit there just for a minute. We are commanded 
to take an entire day to rest. This sermon is going to mess some people up. Um, so I'm just saying, be ready for it. And I'm not saying, God is not saying be in church all day. That's not the answer. Because I know firsthand after a full day of church, I'm tired. I don't want to be, you know, exhausted. That's not resting. But it is a day of rest. It's not a couple hours of rest. It's not a few hours of rest. But it's the entire day. But should rest make you tired? Should worship exhaust you? Is a day of rest a sacrifice? What should the Sabbath look like then? Is every day the Sabbath now? When is the Sabbath? Well, let's explore this truth further. What is the Sabbath? So first we ask this question, what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath or the Shabbat, the Sabbath is the word means to cease. It means to rest. It means complete rest. It means to desist. It is not a California stop at the stop sign. It is not where you just pause. It is not where you just kind of roll through it. You slow down. God is not asking you. God did not command you to slow down. God commanded you to stop working. I feel God saying, take your time. And he says this, the Sabbath is a weekly observance. It is not random willy-nilly. It is at least one day out of a seven-day cycle out of the 52 weeks in the year God says, one day out of those seven, you are to stop. And he says that when you stop on this day, he says, that makes the day holy. That makes it blessed. And for some of you who are saying, well, you know, you came through that in scripture, Pastor. Well, it's the fourth commandment. It's commandment number four out of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's commandment four. The text says that the commandment of the Sabbath belongs to the Lord, not man. So when you rest the day, when you stop in the day, the day belongs to God. It belongs to the Lord. And it requires rest. Okay, so you say, I'm not going to work today but you end up working at home, working, energy, work, exhausting yourself. Well, I'm going to clean the oven. I'm going to clean it. No, 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 no. You're missing it. You had another day. You had the other day to, to work for you. That's our Western culture. Five days of work, 
this is the way it's set up. I'm just trying to give you this. And I know we'll talk about the dynamics of, you know, this all around the clock work and all that. We'll talk about that later on. But it requires rest. And did you know that even the land, even the earth, when we talk about climate change, we talk about the land, the Bible says that even the land was to be given rest from producing. We'll talk about that in a minute. In Leviticus 25, he says the land, the earth should have a day, a, a time, a period where you don't pick no crops. You don't expect anything from the earth. <sighs> You're going to have a better understanding of the Sabbath by the time I'm done today. The Sabbath was a memorial related to creation. But now we have redemption. Jesus has come. And it should be reflective of, of that as well in Christ's finished work. So we're going to read in just a moment how the Sabbath started out reflecting the creation. The seventh day God rested while he created things, created the heavens and the earth. But now the Sabbath needs to relate to Jesus coming in a redemptive value. So the Sabbath becomes a day of refreshment for the body. It becomes a blessing to the soul. I'll say that again. The Sabbath becomes a day, a whole day of refreshment for the body and a blessing to the soul. I think we ask blessings so much because we forfeit the blessings that come automatically if we would honor the Sabbath. Let's confirm our study with scripture. You say, you making this up, PC? No, I'm not. Here it is. The first text I want to look at says, Genesis 2, 2-3, says, by the seventh day, this is the creation, by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So originally the Sabbath came out of creation because God had worked so hard. He had worked his six days. The seventh he rests. But then look at Exodus 20. Verses 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So this is after creation. And so the prophets, the, the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, is telling the people of Israel, Don't forget the Sabbath to keep it holy. And what is it? Verse 9, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do what? Any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, not even employees. Listen. In other words, give your employees a day off or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you, your servant. So no work is to be done. Many of us would fall, 
fail the Sabbath week after week because we work every day. I'm, I'm not going to go there, but let, let, let's, let's move on, right? So verse number 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's go to the next scripture. Exodus 16, 23 says, Then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. This is a powerful scripture and we'll look at it later, but ideally you are to get all you need in six days. So you won't be working on the seventh. In other words, bake enough, boil enough on six day so that the seventh day you can rest. Tracking? It's right there in scripture. Here's the instructions. Next passage. Leviticus 23 and 3. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest. Total rest. Full day. Entire rest. One day, one rest. A holy convocation. Now I want you to key on that. A holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. It is to be a holy convocation. And convocation means a calling together of people to assemble to honor this day. It is where you do no work. You call people together. You fellowship and you honor it as a group to worship to fellowship and say, we ain't doing nothing. We chilling and communing with God. That is a holy conversation, con- convocation, meaning you intentionally stop things to make sure you ain't doing nothing. Oh, I love that. Next passage. Here's Leviticus 25, three through six, which talks about how the earth is supposed to have a period of time where it rests from yielding. So verse three says, six years you shall sow your field and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its crop. But during the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Hold up, Jesus. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to eat. Verse five, your harvests after growth, you shall not reap. Yeah. Overflow, abundance, stuff that grows in the seventh year. And your grapes of untrimmed vines, you shall not gather. The land shall have a sabbatical year. A whole year. Yes, Joy. So verse six, All of you shall have the Sabbath products of the land for food, yourself and your male and female slaves and your hired man and your foreign resident, those who live as aliens with you. The notion of this text suggests that God is supposed to provide so much for you in six years that you can take a whole year off from work. God is saying, if you trust me, if you walk with me, 
You should be able to live in a way. Don't you know that's how some people live. They take a whole year off to travel. They take a whole year off. I'll come back to it. Deuteronomy 5.12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. It is a command. He says, observe the day. In other words, plan for it. Make it a practice. Put it on your calendar. Put it in your book. Today I'm resting. And that's every week. Dang. Deuteronomy 5.15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. So on the Sabbath, you remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, that he brought you out. And so you position yourself to be able to say, hey, I'm, 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 I've been delivered. So I can take a rest. I get to rest. The Lord has given me a rest. So check this out. The last part of that verse says, therefore, the Lord, your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So because you have been freed, because you have been delivered, ain't no, and nothing is obstructing you. He says, I'm commanding you to rest. I'm commanding you to rest. You've been delivered. I didn't save you to be under the bondage of a job. I didn't save you to be under the control of work. When I delivered you, I delivered you so you could belong to me. And when you belong to me, I have set up a system for you that will cause you to prosper and to be blessed if you do it my way. So, the first question is, what is the Sabbath? But let's ask this next question, which is, why the Sabbath? Why the Sabbath? And these are the takeaways from the previous verses I just read. So based on what we just read, all those passages of scripture, this is what I get from the why. And the first one is, the Sabbath is for complete rest. We know that. But don't make it legal. Don't make it like, you know, well, uh, oh my God, oh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do this because I got to rest. I got Don't make it legal like the Pharisees did. The Pharisees tried to throw Jesus in jail because he said, yeah, they're picking corn on the Sabbath. They're picking, and Jesus had turned around. He said, man, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath work for me. So don't make it legal, but just make sure it's a complete rest. Number two, respect the cycles. The Sabbath teaches you to respect the cycle. Respect the week. There's a first day of the week for a reason. There's a sixth day of the week for a reason. There's a seventh day of the week for a reason. The Sabbath day is a reason. The work days are for a reason. The chores days are a reason. Respect the cycle. 
And truth be told, we need things to restart. Anything too long isn't good. So God says, every seven days, I'll start a new cycle for you. Respect the cycle. Don't let your working run over into next week. Don't let your arguments run over into next week. Don't let your anger run over into next week. In other words, after that seven-day period, leave everything in last week and last week. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Number three, it teaches you to maintain sacred things. It means to make things so important in your life that you chalk them out in your book. It means that you honor stuff. We used to do that, a part of our culture. We used to remember things. Stuff used to be holy. It was important to be at church. It was important to to not cuss in front of preachers or, or disrespect the church. And we didn't eat in the church and chew gum and drink. Now we come to church, we drink water, we bring up snacks. We, you know, we do all, don't touch the communion table. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't, we wasn't supposed to be in, uh, in the pulpit. Don't have your kids running in the pool. We used to, we used to keep things sacred, but now nothing is sacred. The Sabbath reminds us to block some stuff off because it's not a play area. It's a rest area. And the text means, the text later, uh, we, you, uh, 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 in one area, it said that people were actually killed for not obeying the Sabbath. That's how important God meant it to be. So in other words, don't let people talk you out of resting. And number four, we get from it the memory exercise of God's goodness. That the Sabbath is a day where you can exercise God's goodness. It's a way, it's a day where you focus on nothing but positive. Take the Sabbath to not, in other words, respect the cycle, leave the seven days, leave last week in it. Take this day, focus only on the good things, better memories make for less complaining. Oh, that's a quotable. Better memories make for less complaining. Retain your mind one day out of seven to think of only the good things in your life. Listen, listen. Retrain your mind. Retrain it. And retain it for one day out of seven to think of only the good things in your life. Give no place to the negative. This is the day Jesus has given me to be thankful that I'm saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How dare us come to church and be riddled with negativity because of how the usher treated us or because we didn't get the song we wanted to hear or we didn't, things didn't go the way we wanted to and we sit there with the pouty face. When this is the day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. One day out of seven, God says, don't argue. God says, don't get into it with the negativity. Keep your mind. Give it some sacredness. Exercise memory. In other words, even scientists, neurologists will tell you that when you use your brain, when you exercise it toward positive things, it adds to the life of your body. When you can, when they say to you, a counselor will say, think of positive things. Think of a a good place, a happy place. It does something to the rest of your body. God says, take a whole day and think of nothing but beautiful things. Think of what God has done for you. Reflect upon how God has changed your life. Remind yourself what God has brought you through in the past seven days. 
Tell yourself that regardless of what you're going through, God has still been good. Remind yourself of who he is and where you're going. It's okay to think about heaven every now and then. It's okay to think about the pearly gates. It's okay to re-rehearse some things in your mind about how beautiful God is and the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim flying around the throne. Whatever you can put your mind on that's positive, God says take the whole day to do it. And why does he give you a day? Why does he have to commandment, command it? Because it's too easy to think negatively. It's too easy to keep working. Do you know that I will sit at my desk and I will work straight through from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. without eating because I want to finish what I'm doing? It's wrong. And God says, you are missing out on the blessing I have for you because you won't stop. Some of you pride yourself, can't stop, won't stop. You're missing your blessing. And here's what is unparalleled to me, little Ben. It just, it just sent my back spine thrilling. And, and day six, listen to this. I learned from this that day six gives us a double portion provision. What we read in the text is that he's saying, why the Sabbath? He says, remember the Sabbath because... Day six is supposed to give you double provision so you can rest on Saturday, on on the Sabbath. He says, he says, I I set the Sabbath aside. So if I set the Sabbath aside, that means I'm responsible for giving you enough on the sixth day for you not to have to work on the seventh day. So people who pride themselves on working all day, every day are automatically by default saying, I am not trusting God to give me what I need in the six. Mm, Throwing darts, duck, cherry, duck. Overworking forfeits the double portion you should be getting by trying to make it all run together. Overworking forfeits God dropping enough on Saturday. You say to God, never mind, don't give me double today. I'm going to work tomorrow. He said, okay, well, just suit yourself. Go on and work the extra eight hours. But I had this extra double on the sixth day to give to you. That, In other words, God supernaturally says, I will compound your life with blessings. So that by the time the six years of harvest is up and you need to rest for a year, you can take a year off because I have been responsible for dropping double provision on double days to keep you with more than enough. Ah, God help me. The double only comes, get this, write this down. The double only comes when you stop. Woo. I'll say it again. The double only comes when you stop. And we work hard, we work, we work hard, we work, got to get this money, got to get this money. God is saying you can get it if you stop. <sighs> well, Christ now is the Lord of the Sabbath. This is Old Testament. It's what I was looking at. And we gave you Old Testament. I didn't, I didn't read one New Testament scripture. 
But now Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is not just for the people of Israel, but the Sabbath is for us. So how are we to see the Sabbath today? How are we to actionize our resting in this Western culture of this any day, everywhere, remote work from home, got your cell phone, tablet, you can log in, VPN, connect, work from your car, laptop here, tablet there. You can do it all everywhere, right? How does the Sabbath work in that? Because you can't just be saying like, Lord, well, I can't be available. I can't tell my boss. I can't do work remote and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. We got to understand that. So here's how you do it. Let's preview the New Testament teaching on the Sabbath. Let's take a look at it. Day six, double portion provision. Got that. Hebrews 4, 1 through 5. Therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Uh Uh-oh, short of the rest. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us. That's us. We got the gospel. Just as they also, just as the people in the Old Testament. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. They didn't believe it. For we who have believed enter the rest. Just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Talking about the Old Testament. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, they didn't believe it. They didn't enter the rest. So the text seems to suggest that those who believe should enter the rest. So verse four says, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day. Here it is. He has said somewhere concerning the seventh day and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Verse five. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Oh, wait a minute. Talking about the Old Testament. We had all this Sabbath, had all this rest possible, but they didn't enter it. But check this out. Verse 10. Jump down to verse 10. Same chapter. Hebrews 4. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. So the same aspect, the one who entered from his rest, meaning uh, the one who has entered his rest, entered God's rest, has himself also rested from his own works. So when you say you believe God, you love God, you trust God, you're saying I'm willing to rest from my works just as God did. That's what you're saying. You're signing up for that. But yet you work every day. But verse 11 says, therefore, and here it is, let us be diligent. Let us take action to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. God says, I don't want you to fall through the example of disobedience like the Old Testament saints. So he says in verse 11, be diligent to do what? Keep the Sabbath. Or you'll fall from disobedience. 
So the text here suggests that the greatest obstacle to our resting is unbelief. The Israelites didn't enter into that rest because they didn't have faith. They didn't trust God. And I'm ashamed to say that somehow we think we can do it all ourselves. And we too have convinced ourselves that if I can work four jobs, five jobs, eight jobs, that I can do a better job at providing for myself than God can. Our own inadequacies bring us to a place of fault, thinking that we can do it ourselves. And we don't believe in the system that God put in place for his people. We don't give because we think I don't have it to give. God says your giving actually makes it possible for you to receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. Sow and you shall reap. I'm I'm talking about systems, y'all. I'm talking about cycles that God put in place that says, if you rest, I'll refresh. Even Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Do you get it? That if you stop what you're doing, God says, I'll replenish you. I'll bless you. But the reason you haven't stopped is because you don't believe that God will provide for you something miraculous. We'll say, well, where's it going to come from? I, had, I didn't work. I haven't worked. I'm telling you, God keeps paying people's bills and they haven't worked in a whole year. God continues to make it possible for people to be alive and to be sustained. And when you don't believe in the system It means you have to work extra hard. Do you not know that a curse upon man was applied? The curse was that man should have to work for the rest of his days in sweat. It seems to imply that we would have been able to work or not work without sweating at all. It would have been easy peasy. But because Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they now have to work for the rest of their lives. In other words, God adjusted and adapted the system that even the penalty of sin and the curse of sin to work till we sweat, God says, I'm going to make you work, but I'll give you a day off. And when you take the day off, the day before, I'll give you double so you can rest. God says, in other words, trust me to give you what you need so you don't worry on your seventh day. On your Sabbath day, resting is not resting if you're laying there stressing. Oh, you missed it. I can't even re-say it. But we continue to be selfish and argue for positioning when God is commanding us to fight for rest. We keep arguing, promote me, give me more work. I demand I am a king, I am a queen. I can run this, bring home the bacon too. You seem to celebrate the stupidity of being overworked until you're exhausted. And God said, I didn't call you to that. A lack of belief is the progenitor of worry. A lack of belief is a progenitor of fear and stress. That's what stress is. Stress is worrying that something is not going to work out. Stress is fearing a threat that something is going to happen. Unbelief disillusions our thinking and makes us believe that more work will actually accomplish more in our lives. Where are you getting that from? More work does not mean more in your lives. 
more work with the respect for the Sabbath. Taking that day to rest is where you get free double provision. In other words, God says, I'll give you a payday for resting. Now, would you rather work for it? Or would you just trust God for that extra day? On the sixth day, are you willing to trust God to give you tomorrow's pay today? Or you rather go, well, I'll just work tomorrow. Okay, suit yourself. The truth is, resting one day can do more for you than working seven days. I'm going to say it to this group. Resting one day can do more for you than working seven days. God is saying the power of keeping the Sabbath brings so much refreshment to your soul, to your body, and blessing to your soul. He says that I can give you more out of you doing less than you can get out of you doing more. In other words, giving a little to God can go far, can do far more than holding it all for yourself. And many people don't understand the concept of tithing and offering from the perspective of God says, I can do more for your life with 10% than you can do with a hundred. He says, in other words, if you sanctify 10%, if you set this apart for me, if you dedicate this to me, if you say that this is for me, he says, I'll blow up your life. I'll bless your life more than you could ever do with taking that 400% and trying to invest it. It is the law of the cycle. It is the system that God put in place to care for his people. And you're sitting there saying, ah, this don't sound true. This don't sound true. Why doesn't it sound true? The government got a system, the system of taxing, the system of, of being able to get 10% off of buy, buy, buying and sales and earned income. There's a system. There's a government in place of how we're going to survive. God thought in advance of how he was going to provide for, a pe- for his people. And so now that we've gotten that out of the way, what should the Sabbath look like for us today? I'm glad you asked that. I'm bringing it in. Oh, I'm, I'm a muffin. Y'all, y'all, man, y'all get out of here early. The Sabbath, listen, I want to talk about the New Testament Sabbath. And I want to make this clear. This is the New Testament Sabbath. This is the New Testament perspective. What I read for you in the Old Testament from the Pentateuch, that was a part of the law. It is the fourth commandment. It is a part of the law. How do we treat the law in the New Testament? So watch this now. There are all kinds of other laws. There's the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. All kinds of other laws and rituals the Israelites were a part to keep. But the Sabbath, listen to me, is part of the law. And must follow the same treatments we apply to other commandments and laws of the Old Testament. So if we're not required, listen, so you're saying we're not required to keep all the old law, then why would we be required to keep the Sabbath? No, watch this. To treat the Old Testament properly in the New Testament is to know that the law is not done away with. Jesus didn't say, forget the law. Jesus didn't say, well, don't worry about the law or or it's canceled. Just forget about it. He fulfilled the law. 
So the Sabbath is perpetual in its ordinance. In other words, the Sabbath is still there in the Old Testament. It is perpetual in its ordinance. He said, keep this. Remember the Sabbath forever, but it has been fulfilled in Christ. So when Christ came, he fulfilled the Sabbath for us, which means that we are no longer charged or penalized for not keeping the Sabbath. Watch this now. That's grace number one. So you ought to start getting your praise ready. I'm setting you up that even though the Sabbath still is applied, that God is watching and registering the book, that even though tithing is a part of the Old Testament, it still is in the New Testament something that God says we ought to do out of grace from a perspective of giving. In the, in the ideas of God, the Old Testament, the rule, thou shalt not kill. Well, God is saying, look, don't kill nobody today in the New Testament. In other words, the law is still true but you're forgiven under the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ because he fulfilled every part of the law for you. And you ought to thank God for fulfilling every requirement in the Old Testament that God has laid over your head. Jesus said, I got them all covered. And if they ever forget the Sabbath, they can come to me for forgiveness. Woo-hoo. Listen, in other words, If we should fail to keep the Sabbath, we have an advocate who can remedy our crime to a peaceful resolution that allows us to continue to live and to serve. But unfortunately, too many of us, as Romans 8 says, well, because grace abounds, do we continue in sin? He says, God forbid. In other words, don't use that as a liberty, but get better at it. In other words, hear what Pastor Cherry is saying. Take heed to this message. Yes, God will forgive you for missing the Sabbath or not treating a day of rest as important and sacred. Ask God for forgiveness. Jesus will forgive you. He will overcome that and give you mercy. But he is not saying ignore it completely. He's saying I've forgiven you so you can change. I've forgiven you so you can repent. And so Hebrews 4 and 9 we read earlier says the rest still exists. The ordinance is perpetual. It He is here. And he says, we labor to enter that rest. In other words, I've forgiven you, but you still have to try to do it. We are to actionize the rest because the Sabbath is still here. God forgives us of sin, but that doesn't mean keep sinning. It means do better. He says, I've forgiven you. Now repent. Change your ways. So even though the Sabbath is a part of the Old Testament, it still reverberates into the New Testament, yet Christ has fulfilled the requirement for that, and he still says, though, you're still required to do it, but you're doing it under my grace and my mercy, that should you happen to work all day on Sunday or the seventh day, I will forgive you, but just because I've forgiven you doesn't mean you Stop trying to. So watch this now because I'm going to get in this because you say, well, the day has changed. That it was the seventh day, which would have been the Saturday, but yet we worship on Sunday. So the day has changed from day seven to day one. So I'm talking about New Testament Sabbath. So people of Old Testament, the Jewish, still honor the Sabbath on the Saturday. But New Testament believers often 
see the Sunday as the day of worship. So five days of work, Monday through Friday, Saturday, the day for your work and your chores, and Sunday is the day where everything shuts down. (laughs) The day changes from seven to day one. Why? Because of Christ's redemptive work. The days have shifted. Why? Because we're no longer keeping the Sabbath in light of creation. We're keeping the Sabbath in light of Jesus' resurrection. So watch this now. The Sabbath in Old Testament was because of the creation, but the Sabbath in the New Testament is because of redemption. And so instead of resting on the Saturday, on the seventh day, we start the week with rising power. Why do we do it on the first day? Because the Bible says Jesus got up when? On the first day of the week. Uh, Watch this now. So we raise ourselves in power on Sunday morning. The first day of the week is a raising of power. And we raise our power by lowering our flesh. When Jesus died on the cross, he lowered his flesh. He went in the ground for three days, but he was raised in power. So in honor of his death, burial, and resurrection, come the first day of the week, what do we do? We lay our bodies down. We rest our bodies so that Monday morning when we go to work, what happens? We are refreshed and empowered, our bodies are refreshed and our souls have been blessed. In other words, I went to church, I got my soul blessed, I worshiped in the holy convocation with other believers, but after church, I laid down on rest, I ate, I didn't do nothing. I didn't wash the car, I didn't clean the stove, I didn't do this, I didn't work on my tablet, I didn't get my laptop out, I just chilled out. Why? Because there's a blessing when I stop it all. God says, when you obey me, I'll do something something powerful for you and you're neglecting some of you can't even make it you hit the wall on Monday Tuesday you can't even see straight Wednesday you can't wait to go home early Thursday you calling out sick Friday you can't see your way clear and God says you can't make it through the week because you didn't lay down on day number one you refuse to respect the power of Jesus's resurrection yet you say you serve him and you follow him but you disrespect him by working on Sunday and I'm going to tell to get to the day. Don't worry about it Sunday. But I had to work on Sunday. I know I get it. I'm coming to that. You just hold on. We have seen in the New Testament that the church was held on the first day of the week. Jesus rose on the first day of the week. Heck, Pentecost fell on the first day of the week. The Holy Ghost came down on the first day of the week. So God says, celebrate me on day one. Don't worry about the seventh day, the Sabbath day, which was Saturday. He says, change it to day one. But we have heard it said, now watch this, every day is the Sabbath, Pastor Cherry, every day is the Sabbath, now, every day is holy, but I would caution you that a disrespect for the system can cost you more than you want to pay, in other words, sometimes too much rest can be a disadvantage as well, we call that lazy, people who lay around when they should be working is a disrespect to God's system, it is a disrespect to the Sabbath, when God gives you a time to rest and you ignore the time to rest and you end up resting in a time when God expects you to be working. My God, I'm preaching. And then you want to complain to God and say, you don't have this and you don't have that. And God doesn't give it to you because you fail to respect his system of the Sabbath. God wants us to work. I 
I'll say it again. God wants us to work. He wants us to be people of action. But he also says, after you finish working, work to lay down. (laughs) Work to rest. (laughs) Work to quiet things. Do the work to make sure your labor is over. In other words, do the work to tell HR you can't come in. Do the work to make sure your boss knows one day out the week you can't have. Do the work to make sure that you can't be at every conference in every situation. Now, don't make it legal. Let's say the conference is planned. The one day you go on and do the conference and make up for it on the back end. Don't make it legal. All I'm saying is God knows in your heart if you respect the Sabbath. I'm talking. While we are focusing on one day of rest, we cannot be blind to the other six days of work. God says, don't get it twisted. I didn't call you to just lay around and expect me to provide for you, but I got a system for it. He said five days, in other words, six days of work. Let's just keep it biblical. Six days of work, but we know that one of those days of work, you got to work for you. So his point is that in order to do the six well, you have to work to make sure the one day is sustained. God said the guarantee that your six days of work is going to bring you abundance is to make sure that you work to do one day of resting. So is every day holy? Is every day the Sabbath? Let me tell you what Paul said about it. Look at the text in Romans 14 verses 5 through 6 as I wind this up. He says this. He says, one person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Uh, Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. Oh, I love this. He says, you, you, one person say one thing, another person is for them, but you got to be convinced in your own mind what the day means to you. Look at six. He says, he who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not, for the Lord he does not eat, and give thanks to God. So watch this now, that's verse number 6, but look at this, at verse number 12, uh, Romans 14, 12 says, so then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Everybody's got to give an account for your own days and how you count them. So look at now, Colossians 2, 16. He concludes with this. Paul said, these are New Testament passages, and I hope you wrote them down. You'll get them. He says, therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a what? Say it with me, Sabbath day. What is it? No one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink, respect to festival, new moon, or Sabbath. That's Colossians 2.16. Write them down. I'm going to go back and make sure you get them. Colossians 2.16, Romans 14.12. There it is. And Romans 14.5 through 6. There it is. There it is, Romans 14, 5 through 6, 14, 12, Colossians 2, 16. Write those puppies down. And I want you to wrap this up. I want you to begin to see what God is saying. He says, don't let anybody judge you in the New Testament 
about Sabbath day. Watch this now. The point of the passage is that every day is holy and every day is a Sabbath according to the person who is observing it. In other words, for you, your Sabbath is Monday. For me, it's on Thursday. So those of you, I got to work on Sunday. I got to work on Thursday. I don't care what day you work. God says you're a kind of cat dog and I feel, I'm going to take my jacket off. Ah, I feel his spirit. He says, I don't care what day you do it. Just make sure you do it with the right meaning and purpose. It's not the day God is looking at, but it's how we observe the day. We ought not let man judge our observance as in strictly adhering to the letter of the law, but we must revere the spirit spirit of the law and let God judge each day how we live it. In other words, something like that Sabbath is on Sunday, so you can't work on Sunday. No, if you got to work on Sunday, work. Don't get fired. Don't be a dummy. But you off on Monday. In other words, whatever day you've been given off, you ought to take a day off and observe it. And so God says for Tuesday, Joy does hers. Uh, for Thursday, PC does his. And I judge each of them based on how they observe the day. So even though you don't come on Sunday, even though you don't worship, let's say you watch it online on Thursday on your Sabbath day. God says your presence, whoa, he says what you have made Thursday to me qualifies as an ability to be blessed in a powerful way regardless of when you do it because he looks not on the day, but he looks on the heart. Is anybody tracking with what I'm saying? So the day of seriousness or this day of sacredness depends on the state of your heart. It depends on the state of your heart. So God says, look, quit, don't, don't bring to me. You didn't do it on Sunday. Don't bring that argument to me. He says, I will honor a day if you set it aside for me. So you pick it. What day you want to come to me? Whoa, God. God says, you got no excuse. I don't know what camera, what camera I'm on. All right. So God says, I don't care what day you call it. I just need to know that you set it aside for me. We are under the sanctity of grace, not the law. And grace allows us the privilege to do that. The law would tell us that on the seventh day, we would be killed if we didn't observe it. But grace says, whoa, because Jesus came, you won't be killed for not keeping the Sabbath, but you can do the Sabbath on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. But the day for most of us to come together and worship is the first day of the week. So most of us come on Sunday. So if possible, if Sunday is your off day, then you can make Sunday your Sabbath day. My mama used to cook on Saturday so she wouldn't have to cook on Sunday. (laughs) Mama would make meatloaf and (laughs) green beans or ham and green beans on Saturday so that when we got home from church she didn't have to cook it. She just warmed it up. Can I ask somebody are you planning to work today? Oh, you gonna feel this sermon (laughs) sooner you turn that computer on. (laughs) 
But if you have to work, he says, then you can worship with others. But your Sabbath may be another day of the week. In other words, you may be able to come online for church, but you got to go to work at three. That may be your lot, but make sure one day out of the week, you do nothing but focus on God. You can worship with us now. Go to work later. I used to work. I used to preach, get in my car and go work and do the graveyard shift. I used to get off work, come from work, go to church and we'll be at the eight o'clock service and preach, fall asleep in the pulpit. But I would still be there. In other words, I had some crazy schedules, but there was always one day out of the week where I said, God, it's just you and me. Where shall we go? Let's go to the beach. Sit down and look at his beauty. Thy wondrous works thou hands have made. How great thou art. When I look at the stars and the stellar and look at the planets and all the pro- that you proclaim, I'm in awe of God. You ought to take the time. Smell the roses. Observe the lilies. Observe the colors on the peacock. Look at the things that God has made and just relish in it and say, God, this day is for you. This day is not for my job. This day is not for my children. This day is not for my wife. This day is not for my bank account. This day is for you. Your Sabbath is when you do nothing in the entire day but commune with God. So imagine, y'all, what the world would be like. Imagine what the church would be like if we all took a full day just to rest in God. Can you imagine how spry we'd be at church? Praying, Lord, good morning, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, one man, one smile, one good day. Everybody would be on point, but Christians are broke down, exhausted, stressed, in need of therapy. God's people are lost, confused, can't find their way. God's people are calling psychics, asking to be read their palms, looking to tarot cards. God's people are calling in and looking at the Sagittarius, Aries, and the, the I forget what you call them, the names, astrology, all of that, you're all into that because you can't trust God. God says if anybody ought to be swole, full of power, blessed, abundant, can take a year off, it ought to be God's people. But God's people can't afford an apartment. God's people can't pay the car note on time. God's people can't keep getting evicted. God's people are not giving a good testimony of the Sabbath. And I believe it's because we don't recognize the day that God said, lay down and stop. So I conclude with this promised blessing for our keeping the Sabbath as conveyed to Israel by the prophet Isaiah. Was there a blessing or a benefit from God for keeping the Sabbath? You keep saying we'll be blessed, PC. Well, I'll give you the scripture. You bet there's a blessing for it. Listen to this. Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14 says this. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it, desisting from your
your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father for the mouth of the Lord has Poking it. God said you're going to be on the high places. God said you'll receive the inheritance of Jacob the forefather. So doing the work to rest is the pathway to our daily and annual blessings. I ought not be focusing on how hard I need to work, but I ought to do the work to make sure I actionize my rest. Because when I rest, that's when God says, says, I'll lift you to high places. In other words, you get promoted. Let's put it in common day vernacular. High places, that's Old Testament. All right, you get a promotion. You get lifted up in your emotions. You get lifted up in your health, in your mind, in the way you think. God says, I will lift you up because you're obedient. And not only that, he says, I'll give you an inheritance. Do you know the difference between inheritance and earned wages? Earned <laughs> Inheritance means it's a gift to you, dummy. You got to work for money if you work for it. But God says, I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you land that you didn't till. God says, I'll make you rich and you didn't even work for it. God said, I'll bring stuff in the back door if you give out the front door. God says, I will give you the inheritance of the kingdom and you will be great like your forefathers. So let us not continue to fall into the trap of thinking busyness is betterness. It's not. That ain't going to work. One day out of seven, God commands us to set apart to make it holy and commune with the one who really has already done all the work for us. My work is done because Jesus said it is finished. May we honor Breath for Change Church. May we honor God today by reinstituting the Sabbath in our homes and in our lives. Hear ye the word of the Lord on this day. I am PC and that's all I I've got.